Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, everyone? It is I, Darian Thomas, your host of the Believe in Hornets podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. And today we have an interesting, very interesting episode because last night Woj broke, or was it Shams? I believe it was Woj broke that Michael Jordan is in serious talks for selling his majority stake in the Hornets. Now, that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. It depends on what you look for. Now, I, I say now again, I need to stop that so much. But Michael Jordan has not been that great of an owner. I think the Hornets have only made the playoffs twice since he's been the owner. There's been allegations that he's cheap. There's been just so much going on that a lot of people feel like hinders the Charlotte Hornets. Some people say he has too many yes men around him, and I'm one of them. Uh, also, it's just been said that he hires his friends. I'm one of the ones to say that as well. There's just so many things to say about Michael Jordan that everyone feels like the way he operates his team is what has caused his team to not be good for so long. And I think that could finally change. It depends because we got to talk about the people who he is potentially selling the team to. There are two people of name. It's a group Um However, there's two people of name, so I don't know if there's more people inside this group or if it's just a group and it's just these two people. The first person is someone who is already a minority owner of the Hornets and has Gay Plotkin, and we'll get to him. And then the next person is Rich Schnall, who is a Hawks minority owner. Rich Schnall, we can talk about him first. There's not really much you need to know besides that he's a Hawks minority owner. He was part of the group with Grant Hill that bought a minority stake in the Hawks. That's about it, at least from what I've seen. Gabe Plotkin is the one we would have to worry about because Gabe Plotkin was – uh, the C well is the CIO of Melvin Capital, which is a hedge investment firm. Which that stuff, I always like that stuff. I like that show, Dirty Money, on Netflix. One of my favorite shows. Too bad they haven't brought it back yet. But anyway, Gabe Plotkin was part of the uh, Melvin Capital uh, hedge fund. Now, the reason that is important is because Melvin Capital was involved a heavily in the GameStop fiasco in the stock market a couple of years ago. I don't know if y'all remember that, but when all that stuff was going on with GameStop. Melvin Capital was in the middle of that. And by in the middle of that, I just mean that they were taking people's money and trying to use it on GameStop and GameStop dropped. They eventually gave their the people their money back. However, you just that's not something you want to hear about someone who's willing to buy a franchise. It could easily be said that the reason he's buying a franchise is to kind of clean up his his image. It what would be the best scenario here and I and I said this on Twitter yesterday so if you if you don't follow me on Twitter at TrustBuzz T-R-U-Z-Z-B-U-Z-Z but I said this on Twitter yesterday a good business person knows that he cannot or she cannot be the smartest person in the room a good business business person knows that you, you may own the business, but when it comes to certain areas, certain departments, you need to make sure you get the right person for those areas and those departments. Michael Jordan at least knows something about basketball. Now, are we 
hype about his evaluation of talent. Not really. It didn't seem like he was that good of an evaluator of talent. Mitch Kupchak does seem better, it, and it does seem that Michael Jordan is more willing to let Mitch Kupchak do what he needs to do, considering him and Mitch are buds. But Michael Jordan also likes to put his hands in things, and be, and that's because he's one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time. I say he is, but that's a conversation for another day. I say all this to say, while Gabe Plotkin obviously doesn't make excellent decisions with the whole GameStop fiasco, my hope is that he does understand I don't know anything about basketball. And I'm not saying this guy doesn't watch a game of basketball or lick a basketball, even though you could say that for some owners. I'm not saying that Mr. Plotkin here doesn't watch basketball. What I am saying is that he obviously doesn't know the ins and outs of a front office and, and, and talent evaluation and things like that, at least not from what I've researched, not from what I've seen. My hope will be he's not in here to make money. OK, I take that back. I don't care if he's here to make money. I really don't. Let me tell you why. The reason I don't care if he's here to make money is because if he really wants to make money as much as he can, the smart thing to do would have this team be good. I'm not an owner. I'm not in the front office, even though that's my dream job. I don't understand why more owners see it that way. I personally, I'm not a fan of every team in the sports world, so please correct me if I'm wrong. But I do feel like there are less and less owners who could care less. I think there are more and more owners who see, hey, if I am able to put a good product on the floor, I will make as much money as there is to be made. I feel like more and more owners are saying that. <clears throat> now, if you're like a Chicago White Sox fan, I can see you being like, that's not true. Because look at, uh, I forgot his name, the guy who owns the Bulls in the Chicago White Sox. I can't remember his name right now, but a lot of people, you know, allege that he's cheap and doesn't want to help. And I, I don't think the... I don't think the White Sox did much as far as free agency. I don't think they really ever do. Like the team that won, and this is baseball talk, but the team that won in like 2005, I think, that was a relatively cheap team. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember. One, I was young. Two, I just, obviously I was young, so I didn't know everything about baseball like that. I think that was a relatively cheap team. And they have the money. You have you you know you own the Bulls in in their heyday with Michael Jordan. You own the Bulls in their heyday with Derrick Rose. Now, granted, that was after that World Series, but you have the money to make this team good. And then recently, you know, we saw that the Bulls spent a lot of money, and then the team kind of uh, fizzled out. But that's not. I mean, they spent the money. I guess they just didn't spend the money in the right places. I can't think of any other owner off the top of my head that's very, oh, we'll just wait and see where this goes or not really into it. For the most part, I can't really think of a team that just constantly, excuse me, I I can't think of a team that's just constantly okay with being bad like the Charlotte Hornets. I really can't. I think the Sacramento Kings, they've changed like leadership before. So I think that's why they're on the role they're on now. Like I said, the Hornets are like the only team. Pistons, I don't think that they're okay with being bad. I think they just know what opportunities they have with being bad, if that makes any sense. Once 
Cade Cunningham comes back healthy. They get who they get in this year's draft. I think they're going to actually go for something next year. I think this year they just saw Victor Wimanyama. Your team's not that good, so there's no real need to force it. I think that that's what's going on there. Rockets. Uh, Rockets is a different. Uh, Rockets is tough. I don't really know. <clears throat> I really don't know what the Rockets think they're doing. I don't know if they know what they're doing. But anyway, my point is that Michael Jordan seemed like one of those owners who, as long as I profit as far as like margins and whatnot, I'm I'm happy. And Charlotte Hornets fans, we're tired of that. We want to see a good team. We want to go support our team. And I just felt like Michael Jordan just his his tactics were old and like I said he was looking to save money so when you did spend money which was rare you spent it on Gordon Hayward Lance Stevenson people like that and it just doesn't make any sense it I those are I mean well I guess not Lance Stevenson but Gordon Hayward good basketball player just always hurt and the fact that you didn't have anyone on the business side to be like hey it just might work out if we don't sign him or sign him for less. And I know the fear was if you sign him for if you try to attempt to sign him for less, he's going to go to Indiana. They need a business person in there to be like, this isn't this is bigger than basketball. You do not need to sign this person because it's just not going to be worth the money. I think Michael Jordan will listen to that. But basketball wise, there was no reason not to sign Gordon Hayward, if that makes any sense. Outside of the team was really young and you were just buying an expensive player to buy an expensive player. But as if you look at his skill set, he has the skills you would want a player to have. It just didn't work out because he can't stay healthy. And Michael Jordan wanted him before, and then he just doubled back. That's kind of where it gets frustrating is because Michael Jordan was just so stuck in his ways. Hopefully, Gabe Plotkin, like I said, if he's in here to make money, fine. As long as he does it the right way, I don't care. But he needs to be able to put together a competent team in order to win. No one wants to see what we have going. This is the thing. It's very possible. Gabe Plotkin and Rich Schnall, for example. I don't want to, you know, tarnish him, but he's in the article, so we'll just use his name. It's very possible that they see Jordan and how he's ran his team and was like, oh, we can do that same thing. We can make money. And still be the owner, if that makes any sense. We can make money and not be that good. We just be the owners. Just, you know, as long as we profit, that's all that matters. I don't think if that's the case, which I don't think it is, but we're just talking about scenarios here. I don't think that's the case. And the reason I say that is because it would be ridiculous to think that Michael Jordan has had the leash that he's had because he's Michael Jordan. If you take the team away from Michael Jordan, and you don't do you do the same thing he did or worse. I think I, that's when it gets bad. That's when people stop going. Really, because the horn has been bad, but they always, <clears throat> especially since Lamelo's been here, they have always been able to pack out the arena. Now, sometimes it's because Steph's in town, or the Knicks are in town, or the Celtics are in town, Lakers, but. Still, for the most part, Charlotte Hornets do pretty good in attendance. If you take this team away from Michael Jordan and you do the same thing he's doing, it is not going to go over as smooth as it's been the past few years. So that's why I just truly don't believe they're, they're thinking that. My hope is that they're not in here to make money. My hope is that 
They actually want to buy this team, of course, at the end of the day, make money, but to help this team be good. Maybe they see the potential in especially Gabe Plotkin, because even though we said all this stuff about Melvin Capital and his hedge fund and the GameStop thing, he still is a minority owner of the Hornets already. So he could see the backlash Michael Jordan's getting. He's in those rooms when they're having conversations about, well, he should be in those rooms, but when they're having conversations about the team and the direction of the team and who's going to be the coach, he should be somewhat involved in those at some point. He should see that people are unhappy and people just want a good team. I think one thing about Charlotte Hornets fans, because I know like on social media, people really kind of go after us and be like, y'all will never be good. Or, or if we have a good game, they're like, cause I had, uh, I posted a video on my YouTube channel, uh, about two weeks ago, whenever they beat the Knicks, um, and go and trust the buzz at youtube.com. Um, if you want to go check that out, but I posted a video talking about the Hornets. I didn't really bash the Knicks except Julius Randle because I don't like Julius Randle. I don't like how he plays. I like Julius Randle like when he was coming out of college and playing for the Lakers and playing for the um, Pelicans. But ever since he's been on the Knicks, he's been really annoying to me. But I was talking about how the Hornets beat them, and I was like, the Knicks shouldn't let us beat them. But, you know, it was a good game regardless. I, you know, I highlighted people on the Knicks. I highlighted people on the Hornets, of course. And someone commented and was like, y'all, I like y'all are world beaters because you beat the Knicks. That's what I don't understand is because we're talking about one game. Not once in that video I said the Hornets are going to go to the playoffs or or we beat the best team. I just said we beat a good team and we're missing everybody. <laughs> well, I mean, we're missing LaMelo, you know, for the most part, which we know that the offense has not been good without LaMelo. So I was just surprised. And the defense stood up and handled business, and they, they did a really good job. So – People on social media love to just get on us, but I don't think a lot of people understand that. As Charlotte Hornets fans, we just want to see the playoffs. We got embarrassed two times in a row in the play-in. We just want to see the playoffs. We just want to make the playoffs, maybe win a game or two, and then we can, and then we can, you know, change our expectations. We're just tired of being at the bottom. And I think a lot of that also is because we don't draft well. We do not draft well. Mitch Kupchak has been doing better, besides the James Booknight, Kai Jones thing, but. Mitch Kupchak has done pretty well. Other than that, we really have not drafted that well. There's a lot of guys we left on the table. Now, teams always leave guys on the table. Like, you know, like everybody, a lot of people passed up on Donovan Mitchell, not just a sort of nuggets. A lot of people passed up on Donovan Mitchell. But I feel like we do that all the time. Like, one thing I like to bring up to Michael Kidd Gilchrist, I know people say we were cheated out of the lottery, whatever. I mean, even so. No one told Michael Jordan. Well, I hope no one told Michael Jordan to draft Michael K. Gilchrist second overall. Because if you look back at the uh, just the scouting report and the mock drafts back then, Michael K. Gilchrist was like five to seven every time. Even close to maybe he got up to three or four a couple of times, but even close to the draft, like days before the draft, he was still in that anywhere between three and seven. Never, I never saw him at two. Never saw him at two. So, no, no. No one told Michael Jordan to do that. So I think that's another reason why people are tired of being at the bottom. We just want to see what it's like to have somewhat of a successful team. I promise you, Gabe Plotkin, Rich Snall, if y'all are listening to this for some reason, send this to him if you know them. And and tell him to come on the show because I want to talk about the GameStop thing. No, I'm kidding. But 
if they're somehow listening to this and haven't turned it off, because I did kind of go in on Gabe here. We just want a competent team. I'm pretty sure all Hornets fans can say that. We just want a competent team. We just want a team to make the playoffs, a team to be proud of, a team to fight hard. That's all we want right now. You do that three, four years in a row, maybe we start talking about, okay, we need to make a conference finals or something. But right now, you've made the playoffs, and we're building you a statue. You can, If you made the playoffs back-to-back years with a winning record, I should say that, I'm building you a statue right outside Spectrum Center. And that's something also I want to talk about. It's a good segue. A lot of people are concerned that they may move to Charlotte Hornets. I personally don't think that will happen. One, the Spectrum Center deal is like 25 years. With this kind of money, maybe they could just buy out a contract and then move. However, I don't see that happening. Also, I don't see why you would move from Charlotte. You have high attendance. I don't think you're really going to get higher attendance anywhere else. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you're going to get higher attendance anywhere else. There is no, I mean, maybe Seattle. You can move them to Seattle, but that, that the Seattle wants the Supersonics. Seattle does not want the Hornets, and it just wouldn't make sense to change the Hornets to the Supersonics. And then also, you know, there's obviously been talks about teams in Las Vegas. They can move to Las Vegas. Don't see that happening. I think Las Vegas needs its own brand new team. I, I don't I don't foresee the Hornets being part of that uh, process. It just, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, if the NBA expands, because it is, I think, the only league out of the three major leagues. Uh, I think it's the only one with 30 teams instead of 32. But if... The NBA adds two expansion teams. I think they're both going to be West Coast. I think it's going to be Seattle, Las Vegas. Then they're going to take someone like the Grizzlies more than likely and move them to the East and just call it even that way. Right. Maybe. I think you you might have to add another team. No, because you added two teams. That's 32. You take one away and add. Yeah, I think that would be fine. I don't know. I gotta do the math, but I think that's what I think that's more likely to happen than anything. Or the Pelicans. So would both? I think maybe both of them would have to move to the East. I don't know. I haven't done the math to make it uh, sixteen sixteen each. But it's something like that. It's something similar to that. But yeah, I just I just don't see the Charlotte Hornets being moved. There's no other city. I mean, St. Louis maybe. No, I mean, not really. I think North Carolina is the best place to have the team. If you want constant engagement, North Carolina is the best place. And then, like I said, you can't make the team. If you make the team good, I promise you, you will have people fill up those seats. I will will come from Georgia, where I currently stay, and come fill up those seats myself if I have to. So I just don't see the point of moving a team, especially when a team hasn't been good. It's easy to look at the numbers and be like, oh, we're not where we need to be with attendance or, you know, sales, merch, all that, tickets. Well, the team has been bad. Lamelo has been hurt. The team has been disappointing. They have made moves that no one wanted them to make. That could be a reason why, you know, your numbers may not be where you want them to be. Your sales may not be where you want them to be, which I know that's not true because everybody has a LaMelo jersey except me. I, I can't get one. I could just do the own, buy your own jersey and do it, but that's 
ridiculous. Anyway, I just, I just, I mean, and then with the Panthers, they look like they're on the projection. They're on the way up. Carolina Hurricanes, they're on their way up, obviously. I mean, they've been good, what, two, three years in a row now? So, and then Charlotte FC is not good, but they it's, they literally just started, so I'm not too concerned about that. But the bank is packed every time. That's what happens when you bring hype. That's what happens when the, the city of no, I'll say it. The state of North Carolina is going to show out when you do what you need to do, when you be successful. I know it's we're about to talk about college here, but UNC, Duke, NC State, those stadiums, those arenas be packed because people are used to the success those teams bring. So it's there. The 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 fans are there. The money for y'all, because if that's how y'all see fans, is there. You just have to provide a decent product, and we haven't had that in a while. Because even when we were doing very well, I think two years ago, we were at the fourth seed, and then everyone got injured, and we fell down. No one expected that. We, I'm telling you, you'll get all the sales you need, all the fans you need in that arena if you can just give a consistent team. We don't need a one-and-done we don't need a one and a half done. If you can get us two back-to-back playoffs, decent playoff runs, not get swept both times, maybe swept the first time, then the second time, maybe go down to seven games, six games, maybe even win the series. I don't know. We don't want to get crazy here. But if you do that, the teams will fill up the arena every night. And, that, and that's all I got to say on that. I know I kind of spend a long time on that. But I just want to bring that up just because it is very important, even though the sale has not been completed. It is just very important to keep all that information, uh, you know, close to the chest, because I really don't want to see this team go. It would suck. I don't even know if I would could switch to another team. I would just have to follow them. But it just wouldn't make sense. It, it just really wouldn't make sense to move this team. And I hope that this is a sign that. They're going to be serious about handling this team. I hope Gabe Plotkin, like I say, doesn't know much about basketball, but I hope he hires the right people in order to have this team be good. He let them do their job. We don't need him involved in everything or anything like that. Now, if he wants to do more press conferences and be involved and just say, hey, we're, you know, we're really trying to make this team. I'm 100 percent for that. He doesn't need to be involved in the decisions. You know, obviously, as the owner, he probably has the final say. However, I just don't need him, you know, kind of hindering everybody because he wants to save money or anything like that. I want him to say, hey, let's go and make this team good. If you make the team good, you hire the correct people, you hire the right coach, you hire the right staff, you and get the right players. You make this team good. I know it's a heavy cost up front. In the end, it will pay off. When you make back-to-back playoffs and you play decent in those playoffs – that third year, it's going to be packed every night, especially if, you know, on the court, things stay the same. You still have the same players and they're good and things like that and make it, you know, improve. It's going to, that third year, after you made the playoffs back to back, you'll see astronomical numbers. So just keep that in mind, Gabe, if you're listening. All right, that does it for that part of, you know, talking about Michael Jordan potentially selling the team. However, I do want to move into really quick because I don't want to take up too much of y'all's time today. Uh, I do want to really quickly talk about and I mean, really quickly, I really want to talk about uh, the games 
uh, for today for the NCAA tournament. Players you should watch out for. Uh, yesterday was a great day for college basketball. Furman, amazing, beating Virginia. Uh, Princeton beating Arizona. Huge, huge games. But today we're just gonna I'm gonna name you five quick players that the Hornets could potentially draft. Not who I think they'll draft or who's a better fit. It's just five players, and I try not to stay away from the key guys, just because it's more fun that way. But some teams, that, that's what you got, and you got to do what you got. All right, so for we're going to go ahead and go with Xavier. I'm going to go Kobe Jones. He's been one of my favorites. He's a wing. He does a little bit of everything. Uh, he plays active defense. He's not just lockdown defender, but he can hold his own on defense. He knows how to get to the basket. He's able to pass. He's able to shoot. He's not astronomical at any of these things. He's not amazing at any of these things, but he's really good at a lot of them. So I think Kobe Jones will be a good fit at, you know, in the wing position. Uh, you have Bryce McGowan, Kobe Jones. I think that that will be good, I think. And then also, Kobe Jones holds his own in stature. He's taller. I think he's around Bryce McGowan's height. So you you see the defensive potential there if he just learns how to use it. I think he'll be a really good player for the Charlotte Hornets. I think that it's something that we need. We need some someone that can do a little bit of everything on this team, especially with Gordon Hayward being in the last year of his deal. Uh, next up, we got... Uh, UConn, we're going to go Jordan Hawkins. I think he's a really good guard. I think he has... Um, He's pretty good as a shooter, which we know we need some shooting on his team. We have guys that can shoot but not shooters. I say that all the time. I think he can be a shooter. He, he's good at you know the catch and shoot, but he also can create his own shot, which is something that we don't see much of. That's why when the medal's out, we struggle. Um, Terry Rozier can kind of create his own shot, but it's really just he gets away from the defender and then to hoist up a shot. I think that Jordan Hawkins is a little better at that and a little I mean he is caught he you know is in college so he does take questionable shots but I think in the NBA he can refine his game and kind of get that down to a science and really be effective especially in the mid-range as well next we will talk about ooh, let's see let's see Jalen Hushafino so Jalen Hushafino might be a lottery pick and we'll miss out on him however I think he will bode well with LaMelo Ball he is he's coming up on the scene. I noticed him early um, in college when Indiana played North Carolina. He was just really good that game. He can shoot. He can dribble. He can play defense. He does get flustered at times when he's the ball handling, you know, turn turns the ball over and whatnot. But I think he'll be a really good pair with Melo because he can play off ball as well because that's originally how he came into Indiana. He was supposed to be an off ball player, but then their starting point guard got hurt, so he got to see minutes, you know, a lot of minutes early. Um, the reason I say that, you know, you might not want to draft a point guard, but and the reason I go, I say go for it if he's there and, you know, there's not somebody else you want more on the board is because LaMelo currently has been dealing with a lot of injuries and we don't have a backup point guard. I think Jalen Hushafino could be a really good backup point guard for those times when LaMelo is out or LaMelo sitting. And I think, like I said, he can play alongside LaMelo as well. Next, we'll give you I'm looking at the list of players and we'll go. Arthur Kaluma, uh, he'll probably more than likely be a second-round pick, but he plays for Creighton. He's really good at getting to the basket, which is something the Charlotte Hornets desperately need. However, he settles for a lot of three-point shots. I think if you can get him to understand that he is best when he's attached to basket, I think you'll have a good player, especially in the second round. We know Mitch Kupchak loves his second-round picks, and he's really stout on defense. So you get him to buy, on, buy in on defense, and you get him to understand that what he's best at is not taking those step-back threes and that attacking the basket going downhill is what he's good at. 
you will have a great player. I, I truly believe that. I think he's a good player, and I think that once he understands what he's best at and learning, I think we'll be on the way. Uh, and then th- I'll do Baylor. I know this player is really early, and I kind of don't want him just because it's more of the fitting with the Charlotte Hornets in him. But Keontae George from Baylor, electric, electric score, uh, and actually a pretty good defender. Problem is he needs the free-flowing of – the game basically he just needs the free flow and, and doesn't need to be worried about being pulled. He just needs to do his thing. And he came into Baylor playing that same way. As good as Baylor is, they allowed him to kind of just be himself. And it has paid off. I mean, they're a three seed. They're a pretty good team. I know they kind of got kicked out of the Big 12 tournament early, but pretty good team. However, the Charlotte Hornets have a real tough time letting players be free. And that's kind of my thing on that is that they don't really like guys to kind of do their own thing. Uh, especially with coach with a coach like Steve Clifford. So I don't know how realistic that is, but Keontae George would be a really good player if we were to just have more of a free-flowing offense with a free-flowing coach. I think he could be useful for this team. It's just we saw like kind of players like that with Malik Monk and, and James Blake Knight. It didn't work too well. So that's something to think about. But anyway, that does it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much to Believe for just having me on. I don't think I've said that enough. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Believe in Hornets. Hopefully your first listen of the day. Um, I think that's it for me. Uh, Let me know what you think about the episode. Let me know what you think about Michael Jordan selling the team. And if on all your podcast platform, make sure you go ahead and give us a thumbs up or subscribe or whatever you do on those podcast uh, platform. Make sure you do all that. It helps the channel. Well, it helps the show. It helps me and helps helping me helps me help you with giving you Charlotte Hornets news. But thank you once again. And I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.